Hey, let's take a moment, give it up one more time for our kids and all those who've been working with them the last few weeks. I tell you what, between watching the kids up here and watching all the moms right on the front row here giving them the cues, that was one of the best things, if you didn't get a, a scene of that. Um, but you know what? It's having kids as a part of what you do brings it to a whole nother level. Now, I understand that, that sometimes you're like, yeah, I, I get it, um, especially if you're a mom and uh, you know that having kids with you makes things more um, stressful at times because you're trying to pay attention to all of the details. But here's what, here's what we do know. When you take a celebration like Christmas, and it's a bunch of adults in the room, we, we, uh, we can sit down and we can, we can just kind of casually talk about what Christmas is, and we can talk about what it means, and we can talk about the significance of it. But when you add kids to it, kids are like, it's Christmas! You know that kids bring things to a whole nother level, and that's part of why we enjoy having them with us in our services, because kids, there's a joy that kids bring. They really magnify the celebrations, and, and I think probably it's because they get caught up in the wonder instead of the planning. Now, now think about this. When, with all of the Christmas celebrations that you have this year, there's usually a lot of elements of planning involved. And usually that's what captures our attention. And usually that's what dominates our time. So if you have a one-hour party, you'll spend 10 hours getting ready for it. Because you've got to shop for things, and you've got to wrap things, and you've got to prepare things and cook things and clean things. And by the time the thing is done, you're just glad. We get, we get caught up in the planning. Kids don't even know how much it goes into a party, do they? Now, come on, parents. I should have gotten an amen there. The preparation that you put into the things that you do for your kids, the kids don't get caught up in the planning. They get caught up in the wonder. They get caught up in the celebration. And there's actually a few things that I want to take from that this morning as we talk for just a few minutes. I know that you probably, like me, have a lot of fond memories from Christmas. We saw a few of them on the screen just a few minutes ago. A lot of a lot of great memories. I remember one Christmas morning in particular when uh, my sisters and I had come down the stairs. We saw the tree all lit up. We could smell the, the fresh cinnamon rolls hot out of the oven. That's my pitch for the women's bake sale right there after service today. Um, and we went straight to the gifts that were tucked underneath the tree. How many of you guys would just be honest and you, you love Jesus, but when you were a kid, you went straight for the gifts Okay, don't leave me up here by myself. We would go to the tree and we would look at the name tags on the biggest gifts. Because as a kid, you really don't know how to assign a value to a, a gift. You just know the bigger the better. And this particular Christmas, I got a yeah over here. Um, this particular Christmas, I found a three-foot tall present with my name on it. Now, three feet tall was huge for kids, wasn't it? I saw this huge gift. I had, I had really, like, I had scored big time that year. I had the biggest present underneath the tree. Now, let me tell you why I remember that Christmas so vividly, because I was 12 
and I received a giant suitcase for Christmas. How many of you guys remember the year that you stopped getting gifts, you stopped getting toys for Christmas? Anybody remember that? When the presents underneath the tree changed from toys to practical items. So, so I remember this Christmas really well. And I, I, I want to I talk about this for just a second. Because you know what happens when you stop getting toys for Christmas? Your responses change. Your responses change. You've experienced the responses of children when they open gifts. Our, our, our youngest, I feel like I talk about Brooklyn a whole lot in this room, um, but Brooklyn, who's seven, last year we gave her a, a, a dollhouse for Christmas. And when she opened that dollhouse, when she laid eyes on it, her response was, yes, 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 best Christmas ever, thank you, thank you, thank you. When was the last time you responded to a present like that? When, when, our, when our presence change, our responses change sometimes. And I want you to know that this is not a, a message about buying toys for your kids their entire lives. Okay, there's, there's plenty to argue against that point. Rather, I want to talk about how do we keep the wonder and the excitement that produces that kind of a response at Christmas. What can we do to capture the wonder of what really happened at Christmas time? So that our response is, is a, lot like, a lot like a kid on Christmas morning. I've heard the word awe defined in a, in a couple of different ways. Filled with wonder, lost for words, too much to take in. And I wonder if Christmas, if we can capture the awe, and I'm not talking about the sparkle of the lights or the gifts underneath the tree, but in a spiritual sense, if we can capture the glory and the awe of God's Son coming to us. This, this definition of awe makes me think of this passage in Scripture that we just really saw illustrated for us this morning. After the shepherds had come to the manger... To see Jesus, Scripture said they were filled with joy and wonder. And then they took that, that good news to the world around them, and they shared it with them. And it says this. It says, Mary, the mother of Jesus, took some time to think about what had just taken place. It had been a, a whirlwind of events. Think about Mary being visited by an angel. The angel says, you're going to be pregnant with God's son. And then she's got to communicate that to her family, explain it to her husband-to-be. And then as she's nearing the end of her pregnancy, they discover that they're going to need to go to Bethlehem. And this long journey there, there's no room at the inn. They end up taking shelter in a stable and then the miracle birth of her son. And it was at that moment that these angels showed up and they kind of burst onto the scene with this story about an angel visiting them and then this, this host of angels, a heavenly host, singing about the majesty of her newborn son. And Scripture says that Mary took some time to think about what all this meant. I think there's a lot of value in us processing some things this morning the way that Mary did. 
reflecting on all that God had done, the reality of what had just happened. Luke chapter 2, verse 19 says, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And in the midst of all this activity and the blur of events that had happened in those, those, those months leading up to this, Mary stopped and she stood back and she looked at the big picture of what just happened. How often do we get caught up in the details and the planning and we fail to, to stop for a moment and just step back and go, wow, this is kind of a big thing. What we celebrate is, is actually a really big deal. And I want to share with you this morning three things on this morning one week before Christmas Eve. I want to share with you three things that I think we can pull out of this story that we just saw illustrated this morning. And the first is this. All three of these are very closely connected. The first is this. Mary, it says, she captured the wonder. She captured the wonder. This is a good message for us in the midst of all of our activity. We need to stop. We need to step back. And we need to capture the wonder of what really happened. And I want to encourage you to slip away for a few minutes in these next few uh, weeks as often as you possibly can and think about what happened when divinity touched humanity. How God demonstrated his great love by coming to our world. How he taught us how to live. How he died on a cross for our sins and how he rose again. It was a miracle that happened that day. It was not a normal day. It was not just another day. It was not just another baby. It was a miracle that happened that day. The second thing, it's very connected to it. Like Mary, we need to dwell on this wonder. So we capture it and then we dwell on it, meditating on that message and the meaning of Christmas, that God loves you and he wanted to be with you and so he sent his son Jesus to make a way for you to be with him for eternity. That's the story. That God loved you so much that he refused to be separated from you. But there was something that had to happen. In order for him to be with you, in order for God to be with the ones that he loved, he had to send his son Jesus. Guys, it was a miracle what happened that day. If you stop and you would treasure those things and you, you ponder them and you, you somehow separate. I know there's so much glitz and so much glamour and so many gifts and so many goodies and all of those just started with a G. That just happened, right? Glitz and glamour and gifts and goodies. There's so much of that stuff, but we have to stop every once in a while and we have to back up and we have to say, this is the miracle of Emmanuel. When we couldn't get to God, God came to us. The significance of what happened that day, guys, it's got to, it's got to settle upon you at some point. Mary, she captured that wonder. She dwelled on that wonder. And then lastly, one of the greatest gifts that you could give the Lord in this season is to share the amazing reality of, of Jesus coming to earth, what that meant for us, that you would share that wonder. God's Son coming to our world. Because this is, this is truly what Christmas is about, celebrating and sharing the good news that Christ has come. 
You, you realize, sometimes we, we forget, but you'll remember that we were separated from God. Because of our imperfection, we'd rather say imperfection than sin, but Scripture says that we've all sinned. Because of the sin in our life, we were separated from God, and it didn't matter how hard we tried, there was not a way for us to be good enough. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you guys would just admit this morning, you're not good enough. You're not good enough to earn heaven. You couldn't. You couldn't get to God. The miracle of what happened is that God said, but I love them too much to leave them there, so I'll come to them. It's the good news of what Christmas really meant. The big picture is not really filled with trees and presents. It's filled with one child in a manger it was the greatest gift in this world. The solution, the way back to God. That's the gift that we celebrate. Can we capture that? Can we dwell on that? Can we share that wonder with the world around us that we're no longer separated from our creator? We don't have to live apart from him because Christ has come. This morning, we've talked a lot about this gift, this, this child, God's son to the world. And if you have never said yes to this gift, you may have celebrated Christmases for years, but never actually said yes to that gift of God's son. I just want to give you an opportunity before we leave today to say yes to Jesus. It's a very, it's a very quick decision it's something that happens, Scripture says that in, in a moment, in an instant, that we go from being separated from God to, renewed, to, to rejoined with him because of what Christ has done for us. And today, I don't, I don't want to leave without giving you an opportunity to say yes. Maybe you said yes a lot of years ago, but somehow... You decided to live apart from that. And somehow in your life, you decided to separate your life with this life of God's Son. And I want to give you an opportunity just to join those things together again. Would you guys bow your heads? And we're just going to pray very quickly. If, if you're here and you're ready to make that decision today, I invite you to pray this prayer. You can say, God, I thank you for coming into our world, for coming to us when we could not find a way to you. And today... Jesus, I ask that you would become my Lord. I say yes to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and give me a brand new start. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Listen, that is the big picture. It's the big picture. And maybe today you came to watch a children's production but somehow you were able to step back and you were able to say, okay, somebody needs to remind me. This is what Christmas is. This is the big picture. If you prayed that prayer today, here's something I'd like to invite you to do. As a church, we'd love to be a, a, your church family. We'd love to pray for you and encourage you because of this decision that you made to say yes to Jesus. 
on the back of your connection card in your bulletin today is a, is a little box at the top that says yes. And I want to encourage you to take a moment right now and just check that box. Check that box. Put your name on there. At the end of our service, in just a few moments, we're going to have some prayer teams up here. And they're here just to pray for the needs of our congregation today. But I want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer, and you said yes to Jesus, check that box and take it up to one of these prayer teams so they can pray for you right now. But also as a church, we can really be a church family. We can support you and we can encourage you in that. In fact, let's take a moment and celebrate those who made that decision today. Nobody anticipated that God would send his son in this uh, incredibly humble way. But God's vision is oftentimes not the vision of this world. The way that he does things is different than what we expect often. How many of you guys can attest to that? But I want to tell you, God knows what he's doing. He knows why he's doing it. And it has to be done a certain way. In order for Jesus to fulfill God's plan to redeem you, in order for Jesus to complete his purpose of rejoining you to the Father, there were some things that needed to happen. Number one is that he needed to come into your world as one of us. He willingly and humbly came to a manger, not as an observer, but as a participant in God's plan. But that plan was not fulfilled until that baby grew up into a man and hung on a cross. I want you to see the big picture. The whole reason God's son was born was so that he could die. So that he could give his life for you. And what we're going to do this morning as we wrap up our service is we're going to celebrate another thing. Not just the birth, but also the death of our Savior. And that's communion. When we just take a moment, we pause. We remember that there was a price that was paid. The price was not just being born in a manger. It was being nailed to a cross. Guys, it's the picture of Christmas. It's the fulfillment of Christmas. And you need to see that big picture as we celebrate this today. The significance of Jesus being born was that he was to be our Savior. A Savior has been born. He's Christ the Lord. And so this morning, I'd like to invite those who are going to be serving uh, communion to come forward. Our elders are going to be leading us in that this morning as well. God came to us to make a way for us to get back to him. And that's what we celebrate this morning in communion. Pastor Joe.